Section 13D, Team Dynamics, 13.18, Team Building. Dynamic is a way of describing elements of a process or system. It is a term used to recognize constant change, activity, or progress. Dynamic can also be used to describe a force that stimulates change or progress. As airmen, we must know and understand our leaders, peers, and subordinates. In team environments, we must know the right approaches to building effective teams and cultivating a healthy, dynamic team spirit. The spirit in which a team operates will influence every stage of team development and can ultimately determine whether goals are met. Healthy teams are high-performing teams that most often have a foundation of trust, communication, and cooperation. While each is essential in building a healthy team spirit, trust is at the core of all healthy team interaction. Team members must feel comfortable with and confident in one another to be able to fully participate. Positive group member behavior is essential for a team to accomplish its goals. Team members do not often immediately form strong bonds of trust, communication, and cooperation. There are typically stages that teams experience before rising to the level of becoming highly functional productive teams. Trust. Teamwork requires a high degree of trust. Team members must share mutual confidence in the integrity and ability of teammates. They also need to feel comfortable enough to take risks, think outside the box, and share their thoughts and ideas without fear of being shut down or discounted. Freedom to communicate openly, honestly, and directly within the group is the hallmark of a trust-based team. Individuals must understand the importance of utilizing effective communication skills to develop the level of trust needed for the teams to grow. Nothing reduces trust in a group faster than members saying one thing within the group and something else outside the group. When members are assertive enough to say what they need to say directly to the appropriate people and to refrain from talking behind each other's backs, trust is enhanced. Suzanne Zoglio, author of Teams at Work. Creating trust among team members requires professional working relationships, professional behavior, and a desire to achieve established objectives. Dialogue and feedback must be exchanged between members in an open and sincere manner without fear of harsh criticism. Team members should respond to one another with inclusion, receptivity to inputs, and information sharing. It's true. There's honesty, and then there's brutal honesty. Feedback, critical thinking, and disagreements can be exchanged among team members without being brutally honest or offensive. Leaders can promote a trusting atmosphere by valuing individual differences and encouraging open and honest communications. Leaders empower their teams to solve problems innovatively through a shared sense of collaboration that is free of self-preservation and personal bias. Leaders should focus their efforts on setting the right tone for developing trusting relationships, communicating openly and honestly, knowing and establishing a good rapport with team members, and discouraging cliques or divisions within the team. In other words, team leaders should set the example and lead by example. Communication. Teams must communicate. Team members need to safely assert themselves and share their ideas. Teams that don't allow honest, open sharing quickly lose their effectiveness. As a result, some team members may purposely withhold vital information or disengage from the team. This may cause confusion, frustration, and the inability to complete tasks within teams. While sharing information between team members is essential in producing effective, well-thought-out plans, leaders must be willing to share information with team members. 
When leaders hold on to information, they can create an inaccurate, incomplete, or totally wrong picture of the expected outcome to team members. Information sharing yields better results. Leaders can increase team success by giving members complete access to all necessary data, discouraging the discounting of ideas and feelings, and encouraging the practice of active listening and valuing individual differences. Cooperation. Cooperation is critical if teams are to combine diverse backgrounds, skills, and approaches to meet the challenges, customer requirements, and mission changes. Cooperation yields synergistic results and reduces the exerted effort it takes to reach a desired outcome. Leaders who encourage cooperation show team members that others have very important contributions to the goals of the team. Team members may also come to understand how dependent they are on one another in reaching mission objectives. Successful teams have few turf wars, little competitiveness, and an ability to forgive and forget. Cooperation breeds shared ownership for performance results, and achieving objectives increases team pride and a healthy team spirit. A sign that a team is not performing cohesively is when competition exists among team members. This may be observed when some team members attempt to outshine others to gain extra attention or credibility. When a member of a team demonstrates all-starring behavior, they may be experiencing a power struggle. To reduce power play behavior, leaders should re-emphasize each team member's specific roles and responsibilities, which eliminates potential barriers to cooperation. 13.19 Stages of Team Building The typical stages or team dynamics that groups or teams experience are normal and often inevitable. The four stages most often experienced by teams are forming, storming, norming, performing. Forming. Forming is the initial period of uncertainty in which individuals try to determine their place on a team and establish or accept the procedures and rules of the team. When a team is forming, members cautiously explore the boundaries of acceptable group behavior in various ways. The forming stage is when the transition from individual to member status occurs and when a leader's guidance is tested both formally and informally. Storming During the storming stage, conflicts begin to arise as members tend to resist the influence of the team and rebel against accomplishing the task. Storming is probably the most difficult stage when some team members begin to realize the task is different and more difficult than they initially expected. Impatient about the lack of progress, but still too inexperienced to know much about decision-making or the scientific approach, members argue about just what actions the team should take. Team members may try to rely solely on their experience, thus resisting the need for collaboration with other team members. Regardless of tensions, during the storming stage, team members are beginning to understand one another. Norming During the norming stage, Team members establish cohesiveness and commitment, discovering new ways of working together and setting norms for appropriate behavior. During the norming stage, members reconcile competing loyalties and responsibilities and begin to accept the team, team ground rules, norms, their roles in the team, and the individuality of fellow members. Emotional conflict is reduced as competitive relationships become more cooperative. As the team begins to work out their differences, they focus more time and energy on the team objective. Performing In the performing stage, the team develops proficiency in achieving its goals and becomes more flexible in its patterns of working together. By the performing stage, the team has settled its relationships and expectations 
and can begin diagnosing and solving problems and choosing and implementing changes. At last, team members have discovered and accepted each other's strengths and weaknesses and learned and embraced their roles. In the performing stage, the team can be considered to be an effective, cohesive, and productive unit. 13.20 Conflict Management Conflict is inevitable in every organization and is often necessary to reach high levels of performance. Conflict involves differences between parties that result in interference or opposition. Such differences can motivate for positive change or decrease productivity. Positive conflict results in addressing problems for a solution, greater understanding, and enhanced communication between individuals or groups. Conflict can be constructive when managed effectively. Conflict becomes destructive when it results in barriers to cooperation and communication, thus degrading morale and diverting attention away from tasks. At times, managers tend to avoid conflict because of its negative repercussions. However, managing conflict effectively benefits the organization by reducing ambiguity and stimulating productivity. 13.21 Sources of Conflict Conflict is defined as frustration of an important concern, whether real or perceived. Many factors may result in or decrease the probability of conflict within an organization. These factors manifest themselves in combination with other factors, making it potentially difficult to identify the specific source of the conflict. Conflict often originates with one or more of the following situations. Communication factors. Communication often gets the blame for problems that occur in the workplace. However, the real crux of the problem is more likely to be miscommunication. For example, communication may be occurring. Sometimes even over-communication occurs within an organization. But when the communication is misinterpreted, inaccurate, or incomplete, this leads to frustration and stress. For personnel to perform at their very best, they need constructive, comprehensible, and accurate information. Structural factors. It is likely that the larger the organization, the more people there will be to potentially cause and participate in conflict. Resources, whether scarce or under high demand, may generate conflict as each party postures to compete for the resource. The more people interact, the more noticeable their differences become. When dealing with line staff distinctions, this can lead to disputes, partly because although people may attempt to participate, it does not necessarily mean their contributions are heard, valued, or accepted. Leaders should encourage employees to challenge the status quo, seek better ways of doing business, and continually improve processes. Also, rewards programs can potentially encourage and develop a healthy competition as long as the rewards aren't perceived as unfair, unjust, or biased in some way. Personal Behavior Factors Conflict can arise because of individual differences, such as goals and objectives, perceptions, values, and personalities. If we align our personal needs and values with the overall Air Force mission, we will be more aptly willing to change, set aside self-interests, listen to the ideas of others, and reduce conflict. Although not always easy, striving to align personal values with Air Force values can reduce conflict that arises based on differences that exist in the workplace. Differences can be perceived as threats, weaknesses, or stressors in the workplace. Focusing on diversity through strengths that contribute to the organization in different ways can help reduce criticism and avoid conflict. Addressing issues through a realistic or even positive perspective rather than being based on emotion 
will lead to less arguments and more professionally driven performance. Personality conflicts and differences among employees will always exist, but the way to respond to them does not have to be unprofessional or disruptive to the organization. 13.22 Conflict Management Techniques There are a few techniques that can be used to minimize the impact that workplace conflict can have on individuals and on the organization. When considering the degree of cooperation and the degree of assertiveness of those involved, leaders can determine how to categorize conflict and how to best manage it. Cooperation refers to how willing or unwilling a person or group is to satisfy the other's needs. Assertiveness refers to how passive or active a person is in addressing the conflict. Using an approach addressed by Dr. Kenneth Thomas, author of Conflict and Negotiation Processes in Organizations, there are five major conflict management styles and categorizes, defined based on the levels of cooperation and assertiveness associated with any given situation. Competing, forcing, high assertiveness, and low cooperativeness. The competing, forcing style attempts to overwhelm an opponent with formal authority, threats, or the use of power. Collaborating, high assertiveness, and high cooperativeness. The collaborating style uses an attempt to satisfy the concerns of both sides through honest discussion. Creative approaches to conflict reduction, such as sharing resources, may actually lead to both parties being materially better off. For the collaborating style to be successful, trust and openness are required of all participants. Collaborating involves behavior that seeks a win position for both groups. Accommodating, low assertiveness, and high cooperativeness. The accommodating style often simply consists of giving in to another person's wishes. Avoiding, low assertiveness, and low cooperativeness. The avoiding style appears to indicate a neutral position of participants which can often lead to things working themselves out, but can also result in an escalation of a situation by allowing it to go unresolved. Compromising, some assertiveness and some cooperativeness. The compromising style requires a willingness of both parties to change, adjust, or give something up. Compromising involves behavior that seeks to partially satisfy both parties' desires and resolves the conflict. Note, all situations are unique depending on the individuals involved, the criticality of the issues, and the urgency of the situations. When considering each of the conflict management styles, consider the who, the stakes, and the situation to determine the best approach to take to resolve conflict. 13.23 Transactional Analysis Transactional analysis, TA, is something that can be recognized and applied in any situation where two or more people interact, whether at home, at the workplace, or in any setting. TA is a theory of personality as well as an application for personal growth and personal change. It is particularly valuable in organizations and educational environments. TA principles and techniques are used by managers to more fully understand themselves and their relationships with others, which can lead to happier, healthier, and more productive interactions between individuals. TA can be defined by several principles, such as ego states, life positions, transactions, and strokes all used to form techniques to improve individual productivity and lead to increased organizational effectiveness. These principles are briefly introduced here. Ego states. The underlying concept of TA is about highlighting differences among individuals. According to Dr. Eric Byrne in his book, Games People Play, 
TA analysis states that a human personality is composed of ego states commonly referred to as parent, adult, and child, the pack. Each ego state is relatively separate from the others, and each has its own set of feelings, beliefs, and behavior patterns. Recognizing the ego states in ourselves and in others can help us modify our behavior or help us resist reacting in a way that could otherwise be triggered by others' ego states. When one ego state dominates the others, an individual may find decisions and reactions to situations to be distorted. Generally, people may act in one ego state at a time, but may rapidly switch from one ego state to another. An expert on TA, Dr. Thomas Harris, has done an excellent job of describing these ego states in his book, I'm Okay, You're Okay. Parent Ego State The parent ego state is a way of thinking, acting, feeling, and believing much the same as our parents did and is based upon the brain's recordings of our perceptions of our parents' responses. As such, the parent ego state responds immediately and automatically to childlike behavior. Responses from the parent state can range from critical to overly nurturing. A parent-dominated personality does not engage in much rational problem-solving because of the perception that they already know what is right and what is wrong. Parent ego states may trigger child ego states or responses in others. Adult ego state The adult ego state is a way of acting, feeling, and believing that is rather objective. The adult part of our personality develops later than the parent or the child ego states. The adult ego state continues to develop throughout the lifetime of a healthy person and is the analytical part of our personality that processes current and objective information about our environment. Adult ego states may trigger other adult ego states or responses in others. Child ego state The child ego state involves our basic desires and needs and the recordings of the feelings and reactions of our childhood. Oddly enough, the child state develops about the same time as the parent state. The spontaneous dimensions of the child provide for the joy, motivation, and natural creativity of one's own personality. Having a child-dominated personality generally restricts rational problem-solving or reasoning in emotionally charged situations because of the learned behaviors of childlike attributes. Child ego states may trigger parent ego states or responses in others. Life positions. A life position is generally used to describe how a person feels about oneself and about other people. In the process of growing up, people tend to make basic assumptions about themselves and others in their environment, generated from expressions of need and responses to express needs that shape one's life position and the feelings associated with those assumptions. Life positions tend to be more permanent than ego states. Dr. Harris, author of I'm Okay, You're Okay, addressed life positions as individuals labeling themselves and others as either being okay or not okay. In these terms, okay and not okay typically equate to a person's value and individual worth. Four possible life positions are identified below, with positive and negative signs to indicate positively or negatively associated assumptions. As shown above, the fourth life position of I'm okay, you're okay is ideal and tends to indicate a positive outlook on life. Recognizing the tendency of labeling ourselves and others in terms of the okay categories can help modify thought processes or help seek more positive perspectives when interacting with others. Transactions and Strokes A transactional stimulus is an initial interaction among two or more people. A transactional response is a reaction by an individual to another individual's transactional stimulus. 
In terms of TA, the study of the action-reaction interaction is concerned with diagnosing which ego states or life positions are used during each of these types of interactions, the transactional stimulus and transactional response. For ego states, simple transactions in which both stimulus and response arise from adult ego states are called parallel or complementary because an adult ego state stimulus that generates an adult ego state response is most often appropriate and expected. Likewise, child-to-parent ego state transactions, and vice versa, are also considered complementary ego states because these types of interactions would also be considered to be appropriate and expected. Some transactions are not complementary, such as an initial adult-to-adult -adult stimulus followed by a child-to-parent response. These responses that are not expected, not appropriate, and are not complementary to one another are called crossed transactions. Another transaction that occurs but is often more subtle is when an expected response is received but an underlying message may exist. This is referred to as an ulterior response. Ulterior responses sometimes include a certain tone, specific verbiage, or what is perceived as sarcasm that makes the interaction a little less recognizable. In these cases, further interaction could be required to understand the life position of the individuals involved if necessary. Analyzing transactions to determine ego states can help determine life positions of individuals. As long as transactions remain complementary, communication continues regardless of the content of the transaction. The application of TA provides opportunities for individuals to develop as leaders and contribute to the leadership development of others. When all parties involved are aware of each other's needs, communication improves. Individuals in leadership positions have found TA to be very helpful in terms of understanding individuals' needs and increasing organizational effectiveness.